All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Really great to be here. And as uh, for, for, for Gwen and myself, and Gwen, if you could just stand up, please. This is my dear wife, who um, this is a, a special time to be here because, yeah, we graduated, uh, she in 82, I in 83, and Prairie was a lot different back then. Uh, as I'm sure you know, the guys and the girls were only allowed to have lunch together and to connect during that time. And so we found ways, you know, and I just want to give you guys a hint. Between Calvin's Institutes and Spurgeon's Commentaries, there's an anointed spot right there in the library where I know a number of couples just set their life course right uh, next to Calvin's Institutes. So just to let you, just a little bit of a hint there. It worked for us, and hopefully it'll work for you. But um, we, we, uh, we, we're, we're here uh, with our, uh, a heart for prairie, to be very frank with you. Because what happened and what has happened in our lives was really birthed out of, of our connection with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord here at Prairie. And I, I can't get into it all, but just to say, uh, Born Crucified and that book changed my life. But it was also here at Prairie that for someone like me coming out of a very conservative Baptist background, and if there's conservative Baptists here, God bless you. I'm just telling you my journey, my story. Um, I started reading things about the Holy Spirit and about the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in the lives of people who I admired, but I did not really know what was behind their experience with God. As an example, D.L. Moody had an encounter with the Lord after salvation, even after he was in ministry, that changed his life and it put an anointing upon his life that launched him into a, a worldwide ministry, not just in Chicago. Charles Finney, the same way. One of the books I read here at Prairie was uh, by the, a fellow by the name of R.A. Torrey, who would talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And even Ellie Maxwell uh, was very strong on that. And so it was here at Prairie that we were really challenged to kind of think outside of my particular box. And then there was a magazine that came into this school called Fullness, which was uh, a magazine launched by a group of Southern Baptists, mainly from Texas, that were um, uh, searching out uh, a walk in the Spirit. And uh, James Robinson and Raz Robinson, maybe some of those names you're familiar with, uh, James is now a worldwide figure, uh, was, was very prominent in that fullness movement. And so we, we really uh, got connected with missions, with the cross, and with the Holy Spirit here. And the Lord launched us out, and we uh, went to Ukraine for 12 years as missionaries. We raised our five children there. We still go back there. We, we've been connected with an organization called Partners in Harvest, which is uh, an organization that was birthed out of the Toronto Revival in 1994. Much controversy both on both sides of that. Uh, but we were there in Toronto when that, when that time happened. And that has developed into relationships for us with men and women like Bill and Benny Johnson in Redding, California, Cheyenne and Mike Bickle in IHOP. And just out of those wonderful, uh, that, that journey that really started for us here, we've, we've been able to uh, just see the Lord move all around the world. And by the grace of God, 
And I'm going to say this is because of Prairie, we've been able to now minister in 42 nations of the earth. And uh, Gwen and I are the international directors of an organization called Partners in Harvest, which has about 400 churches in the West and about 10,000 over in Africa. And uh, Roland and Heidi Baker, who some of you may or may not know, are part of our organization over in, in Africa. So uh, that's just a quick introduction about us. And I just want to say publicly before the Lord and before staff, members, whatever, Lord Jesus, thank you for Prairie and all that it means to the world. Uh, it's been an incredible apostolic Antioch center where people have birthed, that uh, uh, this place has birthed churches and ministries all around the world. So I, I do want to get into the word with you a little bit today and um, get in, ask you to turn in your Bibles to Ma Micah chapter 2. I'm not sure... Do you guys still use Bibles here? Does everybody use tabs and phones, or is there rules or whatever? You know, for some of the younger generation, we have to communicate to them that the Bible now is available in printed form with trees. And uh, they, they've just never seen it like that before. But anyways, uh, as we turn to Micah chapter 2, I want to remind you that Gwen and I and our team tonight at 7 o'clock, I believe, in the Maxwell Center are going to be doing a two-hour seminar on four keys to hearing God's voice. And this is the manual. And so for the first 99 people that come, you get this manual free. And uh, we're going to be talking about how to hear God's voice, what is the difference between a rhema and, uh, and the logos word. Uh, Elsie, who has a gift in, in, in prophecy, will be explaining about the 1 Corinthians 12 gift of, and 1 Corinthians 14 gift of prophecy. And I'll be talking more about uh, something I'm going to introduce probably today, and that is about how God speaks to us and, and changes our lives and, and when he breaks through in dreams in our lives, which is a very common way that God led his people in the scriptures. And so Micah chapter 2, verse 13, and I, I know that you've been going through the names of God and I want to uh, bring to our forefront today this, this name of God that I like to call God of the breakthrough. Can you say breakthrough? I believe that, you know, when from time to time, we need to call upon the Lord of the breakthrough. And I love, uh, I'm going to start in, in verse 12, Micah chapter 2, verse 12. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. And then the verse 13 is the one I want to concentrate on. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out. Now that's, that uh, verse, first phrase of verse 13 the one who breaks open will come up before them is really a messianic statement. It's a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the nature of, of what he does for us. There's going to be one who, who will come up and, and break open things before us, and then they will break out. And so the picture what we have here is uh, are, are the Lord who... His name is the God of the breakthrough, and when he goes before us and we call upon him as the God of the breakthrough, then they, that is we behind him, 
we'll get the chance to break out. We pass through the gate. We go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. And I just want to remind you today as we talk about the names of God, God is a God of the breakthrough. When we're in trouble, when we're stuck, when we're surrounded by uh, issues or events that seem as if we're in a, in a wall or in a fence, we have a God whose name is the God of Paretz, and the Hebrew word break out there, but break is Paretz. He is the God of Paretz, the God of the breakthrough, and he's working on our behalf to break through for us. When he goes through, then we also get the breakthrough. This same um, characteristic of the God of the breakthrough is seen in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. I'm going to ask you to turn to, to there, please. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. 2 Samuel 5, verse 20. This is talking about the, the time when, when David received a new anointing from uh, in, in, his, in his called role. Now, David, in his life, received three specific anointings. And I believe in encounter and anointing. We have a friend named John, Bill Johnson who says, would say this. The, the encounter comes before the commission. The encounter comes before the commission. And we, in our lives, you're going to probably hear it more about tonight in our testimonies, we believe in encounter. And the good things about those encounters is that releases the, the commission. Now, David had three specific encounters with the anointing of the Lord. When Samuel anointed him at his father Jesse's home, and then here in, uh, in, in Hebron, where he was anointed, uh, and it was just over the southern tribes, and then later on he was anointed, and he was uh, for a third time anointed, and he became king over all Israel. We believe in anointing. We believe that it's not just one prayer, but that there is on, ongoing anointing that happens to us. And anointing then brings us into our calling, brings us into our destiny, and good things happen when we get anointing upon us. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 tells us that the Lord anointed Jesus of Nazareth and he went about doing good. And so if good things are going to happen for us and around us, a lot of that is connected with anointing. And, that, and it helps to bring that breakthrough or that moving forward. However, the enemy also hates anointing. He hates the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us. Of, of course, anti, the word Christ is the word anointed one. We know that out of the New Testament, Messiah in the Old Testament, Christ translated there in the New Testament. The anointed one is, 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 is Christ. It's, and he's, it's Jesus, Christ isn't Jesus' last name. It's the anointing that caused Jesus of Nazareth, a man, to have massive breakthroughs in his culture. Arriba. And so that anointing is so precious to hold on to, 
And yet it says here that David, when he was anointed, the Philistines heard about it, and they said, no, we don't want this person with this new anointing to break out and to go far farther. And so in verse 17 of 2 Samuel chapter 5, Scripture says, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. And so here's the thing. You know when you get anointing. God knows when you get anointing. And the enemy knows when you get anointing. And he will do what he can to resist you with that fresh oil, that fresh anointing upon your life. And so David said, what should I do? And the Lord said, go up against them in verse 19. Go up against the Philistines. And, in verse, and at the end of verse 19 it says, And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. And that word Perazim is, is related to that root word that we just saw in uh, uh, Micah chapter 2, verse 13. Perez, Perazim, is the multiple, it's the, uh, the, the multiple of, of, of the Perez. And so God is not just the God of a breakthrough, He's the God of breakthroughs in our lives. He's not a singular breakthrough God, He is a plural breakthrough God. And uh, the, the, David recognized, I'm worshiping and I'm following someone who's going to break through on my behalf. Uh, turn over to 1 Chronicles 14, please. 1 Chronicles 14. And it's the same parallel passage as in 2 Samuel 5. It's the same story. But there's something of a, of a dimension added here that I, 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 I want to point out. In 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11, in this parallel story, then they went up to Baal-Pedazim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Everybody say, by my hand. Okay, so here we have a little bit of a, uh, of, of, of a of, we have to think through this. We are following a God called the God of the breakthrough. And yet David says, I'm following that God of the breakthrough, but he did it by my hand. In other words, I was involved. You get to, get to be involved in the breakthrough. It's not just of us passively sitting back and, oh God, I really hope this all works. You know, David had to go up against the Philistines. But he recognized it was the Lord giving him the breakthrough. And yet the incredible mystery of God is that God has chosen to partner with us to share his kingdom with us in, uh, in advancing the kingdom and in bringing breakthrough. So the Lord has broken through my enemies by my hand like a bursting flood. I think there's a, uh, one of my favorite 
passages on, on leadership is the story of the conversation with uh, God had with Moses in, in Exodus chapter 3, where God appears to him in the burning bush, and uh, uh, he says, I've, I've come down to deliver my people Israel, because I know their sorrows, I feel the bondage that they're in, and I've come down to deliver them. And by this time, the Israelites have probably been in uh, bondage for 400 years. Moses is 80 years old. And the way the initial conversation starts, it's like, well, God, you do this. And I think maybe Moses' response was, it's about time. Where have you been? And then the conversation goes on, and he says, therefore, I send you. Wait a minute, God. You just told me that you have come down to deliver them. And therefore, now you're sending me. There's something about the, the kingdom that he loves uh, partnering with us so that the breakthroughs can come by our hand. Breakthrough means uh, to burst out of a womb or enclosure. In fact, Genesis 38 is where this first word, Perez, was first mentioned. It's when uh, Tamar had twins, and the first child came out of the womb only by its hand. A red cord was wrapped around it, and then it went back in, and then the brother came out. And the nurses were surprised and called him Perez. You are a breakthrough. You've, you've bro you are the one who broke through the womb. And so Perez, this concept of the Perez God is one to help us break through the womb, which just as we are being, being, uh, uh, be being born in, in a spiritual way. It also means to break out violently upon. It also means to break over limits or above limits. It also means to burst open. And so Perez, God of the breakthrough, is needed when, when we are stuck, when we have a sense that there's something more for me here and I just can't seem to get, get, get unstuck. Uh, we need the God of the breakthrough when we feel that we're facing enemies that are too strong for us or that we're in captivity. Or we need the God of the breakthrough when you know there's another level of impact and influence that's your inheritance and you just can't seem to get there. It's at those times that God of the breakthrough comes. I wanna, I'm going to just give you two illustrations in the last five minutes that we have here for Gwen and I of how God came through for us in, in, in a God of a breakthrough. When we were here at Prairie, we studied missions. We did a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, we had these chapels every, every day as well. And uh, we felt called to go to France. And so we prepared to go to France as missionaries. And uh, we weren't initially able to go, and we ended up spending 10 years in southern Ontario as pastors. And uh, then we still had this vision for France, but it just didn't seem that our mission's call was, was being fulfilled. 
We knew we were supposed to go to the nations, but we just weren't getting there. And we, we needed a breakthrough. And uh, I had a grandfather that lived in Saskatchewan, and in 1989, he passed away. I went out to his funeral, and I, I, I was weeping for the whole three days of his funeral. It was really unusual for me, because I didn't really know him that well. I, was, I grew up in the east, and he was from the west here. And I came back to the Niagara Falls area in Ontario, where we were living at the time. And about two or three days after the, uh, the, uh, the funeral, when I arrived back, I had a dream. And in this dream, my grandfather was sitting in a large room. And he had 13 brothers, he had 13 children. Many, many grandchildren, many, many grand, great-grandchildren. And so all together in this room, uh, we were sitting around him. There's probably close to 150, 200 people. And my grandfather always had a burden to go back to Eastern Europe and to preach the gospel. But because of the Iron Curtain, the communism, he wasn't able to do that. So in this dream, my grandfather got up. And out of that 150 people, those relatives in his room, he came over to me, and he laid his hands upon me, and he started to pray. Now, I, don't, I can't remember, and I, I couldn't recognize if he had prayed in Russian, if he had prayed in a spiritual language, if he had prayed in English. Whatever it was, it was a very strong prayer, and I can still see his face today as he's praying for me. And uh, he, he stopped praying. I got, uh, uh, he lifted his hand. He disappeared out of the dream, and I woke up immediately. And there is such an, a strong impression that this is not just a pizza dream or too much butter on the lobster last night. But it was, Gwen, God is speaking to us. And we started talking about it. It started developing, and open doors started going to Ukraine. And all the time that we wanted to get into missions to get into France... The Lord closed that door, and through a breakthrough revelation dream, he launched us into Eastern Europe. And I just got back from there again, just on, on, on Monday, actually, a week ago, on Monday. We've been, we, we've been, we lived there for 12 years. We've been ministering there for 24 years. We've seen 30 churches birthed. We've been down in Israel with the Russian-speaking uh, Jewish people in Israel, most of the, the Jewish believers in Israel are Russian-speaking. God has opened up us, us doors there. It, it, was, it was our breakthrough moment, and it happened through a dream. God broke forth on our behalf. I want to just give you one last illustration, and hopefully we can do this in two minutes, is uh, <clears throat> on the way to Ukraine, uh, while we were still living in the Niagara Falls area, we had quit our little pastor that we were, uh, our, our pastorate there, and we started to go around and, and raise some money, and it did not look like things were going very well. Uh, we had just a few hundred dollars pledged by, like, March, and by May, we needed to go to Ukraine. We had already pledged with Youth with a Mission that we were going to meet them in Ukraine in May of 1994. And we had no money, literally no money. Another dream. This was a good one. 
here's this angel appears to me. And the, what was odd for me was that this angel was bald. Now, I don't know how that works out theologically, but the bottom line is he was bald. And we were sitting at a table. And Ramesh, can you come up here real quick and bring a chair? Can we just get a chair? Okay, I can do this in a minute. If we just bring a spare chair. And in the dream, when I had no money, this bald angel appeared. And so, Ramesh, my friend, you're going to be the bald angel. So you sit down there. And I was sitting here. And between the two of us, there was a table. In two months, I had to be in Ukraine, and I had just had a few hundred dollars pledged. You can't have five kids and go to Ukraine on, on two or three hundred dollars pledged a month. So the angel was really mad at me. He, he was looking at me like this, stern, as if, why can't you believe? He was rebuking me in the dream, and I literally saw his face. And then the angel looked, went into his pocket, and he pulled out a folded wad of thick money. And he goes like this, and aggressively, he throws it on the table, and then sits back with a look as if to say, I dare you to believe for the money that God, has, that God is going to give you. And that angel's jaw was square. His eyes were challenging. It was, he was fiery. And he was mad that I did not have faith. But guess what? In that dream, the Holy Spirit imparted faith to me, the God of the breakthrough. We got up from that dream. The Lord provided. And we've, we have been basically being able to travel to Ukraine. And I want to tell you something, friends. I believe that angel is still with me today. I really do believe that, that he's still with me today. Let's stand together. We got one minute. If you need a breakthrough in your life in any way, you are following someone who's called the one who breaks out, the God of the breakthrough. And I just want you to just quiet your hearts, but I, want, I would like you to, if you feel to do so, Mention out loud. It might be a whisper. It might be something that you want to shout. What area of breakthrough do you need? And just, just have 30 seconds. Just call that out to the Lord, and I'm going to bless you, and we're going to dismiss. What's the area of breakthrough that you need? We are following the God of the breakthrough. When we're stuck... When we're lost, when we need direction, Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for the opportunity to be with these beautiful young people. I bless them, cause your face to shine upon them, and I pray that you'd be God of the breakthrough to them. In Jesus' name, amen.